Hello and welcome to the IQEQ Power Talk. I'm Kevin O'Connell, Group Chief Commercial Officer and your host for today. I'm delighted to welcome our special guest today, Stephanie Wall, ESG Manager at Palatine, and Beth Houghton, Partner and Head of Impact at Palatine. A few quick minutes by way of background. Palatine is a UK-based mid-market private equity firm with an unrivaled reputation for balancing sustainability and ESG with market-leading returns. Its main focus is on ensuring that ESG contributes directly to the long-term success and sustainability of its portfolio companies. As part of that long-term success and sustainability, Palatine has set up an award-winning framework to demonstrate the value that ESG has created in each of their portfolio companies. A very warm welcome to you, Beth and Stephanie. Thank you, Kevin. It's great to be here. And what a marvellous introduction you've just given us there. <laughs> Thanks very much, Kevin. Stephanie, it seems that the disruption caused by COVID-19 has really accelerated the growth of ESG-focused funds. Of course, pre-COVID, we had already seen a shift to ESG investing. But reports appear to indicate that the pandemic will likely accelerate this shift, with investors rewarding companies that have responded to the crisis by focusing on long-term goals rather than prioritising near-term profit at all costs. What's your reading of the situation? Yeah, I completely agree with, with the point that you, you make there. And I think, um, I think prior to COVID, we'd already seen the shift in to, you know, towards the trend in ESG investing. Um, and I think, we, you know, we're seeing ESG becoming mainstream now. But I do think that COVID has acted as a catalyst in this approach as well. And I think over the last six to nine months or so, there's been several reports as well that demonstrate that companies that operate well in terms of ESG or sustainability have fared better um, from a financial perspective as they've probably, you know, grown a more resilient business that can act a bit more agile in, in times um, such as, you know, the COVID pandemic. And I think that really comes from considering a wide range of stakeholders rather than just being focused on the short-term profit. And I think one of the trends that we've seen as well, although, you know, environmental has been really high on the agenda for many years now, but I think um, the pandemic's really kind of shone the light into the, the social component of ESG and brought this further into the spotlight and, and that can look can range from topics such as you know looking after your employees or really focusing on supply chain risks and if you think about the employee um, the employee point there I think that can range from ensuring that you've got a healthy happy workforce um, I think that's you know really important now more than ever and whether that is making sure that you've got a COVID safe environment for employees to come into the office, if, if that's what they're doing, or whether you need to provide employees with the, the tech and equipment to effectively work from home, home, and as well as supporting employees with well-being and mental health challenges that have no doubt resulted from you know the uncertain times that we've seen over the last few months. Um, and I think you know something that's increasingly becoming important is the company's culture and I think it's really hard to maintain that when you're working remotely um, but I think those companies that really focus on ESG and, and sustainable um, operations is something that 
you know, they build a really strong culture within their organisation. And again, I think that that really has stood them in good stead for the, the challenges that we've faced over the last few months. Maybe, sorry, if I um, talk about the supply chain risk as well, because I think, you know, that's something that's really increased up, up the agenda and, and in terms of risk as well. We've seen, you know, whole supply chains that have been massively impacted by the COVID pandemic and has resulted in, you know, halting bit business operations entirely. Um, so I think that, again, is another focus area for companies and those that, again, have fared well, have been able to kind of map and trace their their supply chains to ensure that they can continue to operate in, in these uncertain times. Beth, as Stephanie mentioned, culture is clearly critical. I note that ESG really is an ingrained aspect of Palatine's DNA. Given that Palatine launched its impact fund in 2017, which I believe meant that Palatine became the first mid-market private equity house to raise an investment vehicle targeting profitable business with a real positive impact on the environment or society. Against this impressive track record and clear focus on ESG and impact, what, from your side, are the key criteria that you look at before or indeed when acquiring a portfolio company? Yes, so uh, thank you for that. Um, In order to be suitable for an impact fund, the company has to deliver either environmental or social um, change. And importantly, we need to be able to KPI that change, that we need to be able to demonstrate that the change they're making is measurable, um, and we need to demonstrate that back to investors as well. So to give you an example of that, in the impact fund, we did an investment a couple of years ago in an IT apprenticeship business. And some of the KPIs that we track in that business are, well, one, how many people do we train? Because that's really key for us to deliver our returns basis of our fund as well. So we'll track how many people are we training? Is that increasing? What types of people are we training? So the number of young people that we're training, uh, the number of women that we're training in that business, because it's an IT apprenticeship business as well. Uh, We'll track some of the quality. So what are the pass rates of of the people in in that company? What's the feedback from employers and apprentices? And one of the most important KPIs we'll track is an outcome KPI. So once people have been on the apprentice course, do they have better salaries? Do they get job promotions? And is it having a demonstrate, demonstratable and a long-term impact for that per, for that apprentice as well? I think the buyout fund has obviously got a bit more flexibility in terms of the companies that it can invest in. Um, but the way we look at ESG across both our buyout and impact funds is exactly the same. So all our companies, <clears throat> from an ESG perspective, will have an assessment pre-deal. And then when we invest in the company, they have what we call a baseline review. And really what we're looking for is the materiality. So we're looking for them to be really good at the things that are very material to that business. So if you look at a financial services business, we want them to be very good at marketplace responsibility. We want them to be very good at governance. Uh, But we'll try and help them across all our ESG pillars. And we have six pillars of ESG at Palatine. So we have two environmental and we have three social and and one governance pillar as well. Um, And if a company isn't performing, so a company doesn't need to be great at all six pillars because we feel that's something that we can bring to them as well. So we look at materiality. If they're good at the pillars that's material to that business and if there's some pillars that they don't score quite as high in, that's what we can bring to them and that's what staff works with them throughout the lifetime of our whole period really so that 
when we exit a business, we like to take a look at our baseline review and say, what did this business look like when we invested? And what does it look like now? And hopefully we can see really great progress across all of our six pillars. Stephanie, the present uncertainty offers an occasion to reshape private equity and its relationship with communities. And I think it's fair to say the next generation of industry leaders will have a pivotal part to play in this. How can private equity embrace this opportunity for change? Great question. And I think um, the PE industry is perfectly placed to embrace this opportunity. And I think as Beth um, just described, Palatine um, is really passionate about supporting those businesses that may not necessarily you know, be great at all, all areas of ESG, but given our investment and our capacity and knowledge in this space as well, we can really help to drive change through those, those individual businesses. And I think on the whole, um, that could mean that, that private equity houses have the potential to create a massive um, positive impact across all the, the investment um, areas. Um, and also to take advantage of the, the value drivers that ESG presents. So kind of it's a win-win for, you know, sustainability for business and, and for the private equity house themselves. Um, and I think if we take um, kind of, if we consider the market that, that Palatine invests in, typically we're investing in SME-sized businesses and, you know, they contribute significantly to both local and, and global economies. Um, and have a, a massive impact in terms of employment and, um, you know, presenting apprenticeships and, and training opportunities across um, a wide range of, of society. And I think um, typically as well, if we think about the companies that we invest in, given that they are kind of on, on the smaller end, they, they might not necessarily have the knowledge and experience within environmental management or compliance um, or regulatory changes and I think you know that's something that we can really support our businesses with in ensuring that they are operating as efficiently as possible and um, you know operating well in terms of their customers and communities in which they operate and I think private equity therefore has a you know can help build that capacity in the business and, and to educate leaders on sustainable business operations and practices and again have that massive impact um, across a, a large segment of the market. Um, I think something else that you know is really important to consider within the, the private equity um, industry is the change in demographics as well in terms of wealth and investment and I think um, typically you know as we see millennials kind of dominate in the workplace and, you know, as kind of wealth is passed on, on to the millennials, I think generally that generation are kind of more sustainably aware and, and consciously minded, if, uh, I'm, if I'm allowed to say that. Um, and I think private equity will need to embrace these values and to demonstrate that the growth and value goes far beyond profitability if they are then going to attract you know, their employees to their workplace or attract the management teams that they want to invest in and also to attract kind of the, the LPs as they're raising funds as well to ensure that they are offering you know, a value-aligned um, investment strategy. Okay, thank you, Stephanie. Finally, Stephanie and Beth. How do you think the global PE market will look one year out from now? 
Well, I think the environment will continue to be a focus of ESG strategies. I mean, we're just facing so many environmental pressures at the moment and reporting and legislation in this space is tightening with the TCFD and voluntary environmental disclosures being brought in. And it's also easier to measure than some of the social pillars. So it's, it's a good place to start because people can measure and demonstrate what's happening I do think the social side is becoming increasingly important, though, and arguably for a mid-market house like Palatine, it's actually where we see the biggest benefits uh, across the portfolio. Yeah, I definitely second that. And um, like Beth said, I think, you know, we've seen some really great results um, in both environmental and social as well. Um, and I do think PE houses will increase their diligence on probably social and governance themes as well um, as a result of the COVID pandemic. And I think this will focus on areas, you know, as we've mentioned, such as supply chain risks, people, culture and diversity and inclusion as well. I think, you know, that's been another big theme this year. Um, and I think historically, governance has been considered more of kind of the, the nuts and bolts of the company. Um, and I do think, you know, there's kind of a new era of modern governance that, that we're seeing. Um, and I think key themes to consider there, again, is around diversity and inclusion, ensuring that we've got a diverse and, and well-rounded thinking and experience board that can lead and access, you know, new markets um, when considering diversity and access to new talent and things like that. Um, and I think, you know, as tech develops as well, um, you know, does the board have the knowledge and desire to embrace new technologies and become more tech enabled? Um, so I, I think those areas within governance, we're going to need to start considering more and more. And again, the, the culture side as well is the board kind of fostering an inclusive and, and valued culture. Um, so, yes, yeah, some, some key points that I think, you know, we'll be considering. I think what's great about where we are now is Palestine, Palatine started looking at ESG 10 years ago, and then it was just a nice to have, really. Uh, but what we're seeing now is the increasingly importance of ESG. So GPs, you know, can't just have an investment code and, and pull that out when they're fundraising. They've actually got to demonstrate that they're having an impact across the portfolio, and they've got to report, importantly, start reporting these impacts back to their LPs I think you know this is something we've been doing for a number of years but I think it's now going to be a, a must-have uh, when you're when you're in discussions with your LPs. Stephanie and Beth that's all we've got time for today but thank you very much for your time and valued input thank you.